is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I am delighted to welcome Tiago Forte to the show. Tiago will show us how we can leverage existing technology as a way to not only consume information, but manage and streamline it. Tiago, welcome. I'm excited to talk about this today. I'm so happy to be here, Carolyn. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. All right, now we need to go back because you have this extraordinary book and we're going to dive deeply into that. But I want you to set us up, think about this global listening audience, and I want you to share, if you would, the personal experience that was really the genesis of writing this book. Yes, it really all started for me with a completely unexplainable and mysterious chronic pain that I started having when I was about 22, just out of the blue for no apparent reason. Uh, I started having this just terrible pain and tension in my, in my throat, in my neck. And that really set me off on this path of, first of all, taking control of my, my health and really trying to understand the source of this condition. Um, but interestingly, the main challenge in doing that was actually an information management challenge. Because as you know, that you know, the US healthcare system is very bureaucratic, it's very decentralized. Every provider you go to, you have to sort of, you know, brief them on your entire health history. Uh, at the time, at least, we didn't really have a, you know, a, a unified patient record. And so I found I just had to become so skilled at collecting information from various sources, doctors, labs, insurance companies, my own observations of my own health, you know, merging them together and then presenting them and, and using them uh, in a way that I, I never had to before, even in my, my university studies and in college, uh, it, was, it was like a new level of, of capability that I needed. So this is truly the classic necessity is the mother of invention. Indeed. I, I can't imagine how I would have, you know, happened upon the field of knowledge management without something like this. Yeah. Well, you're, you're healthy and well, right? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You're on the other side of this. Yes. Well, let's dive a little deeper because you developed this concept and the title of your book is Building a Second Brain. So what do you mean by that? What is the second brain? Yeah, you know, it took me years. I just started using notes and specifically digital notes because for a couple of reasons. One is I'm, I'm very tech-centric. I'm very tech-savvy. I worked at the Apple Store in college, so I'm, I'm a fan of computers. Uh, and then the other reason is I, I spent much of my 20s abroad, uh, studying abroad, volunteering abroad, living abroad. And so I needed something that I could take with me. Um, but I just started using this, this practice of digital note-taking in one domain of my life after another. It started with my health. Then later I taught English. So I used it as a teacher. Then later I used it to get my first professional job with a consulting firm in San Francisco. Eventually used it to do my own writing and publish it. And today I use it to run my business. It's like it just, it started with that one use case and expanded over time. And at some point about five or six years ago, this just small daily habit of taking notes had grown. It had kind of evolved into something much more holistic and much more uh, powerful so that I began to call it my second brain. And that name stuck, stuck for me, stuck for others. 
Uh, and soon afterwards, I started teaching a course and then eventually wrote a book called, you know, Building a Second Brain to help other people do the, the same for themselves. So let's go a little deeper. I, I keep pulling on this thread. Help me understand what that looks like. You're talking about organizing your digital life. So give this listening audience an example so we can understand what that looks like. I'd say the biggest kind of distinction from how norm- most people normally think of notes is, especially digital content, is you don't just want to have this kind of you know, dumpster of notes. Often people have a folder on their computer or maybe they have an app where they just dump things. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's just like the digital dumpster. Things go in, very rarely do they ever come out. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's largely because of the way that technology has been a part of our lives so far uh, is a sort of write-only sy- uh, syndrome. It's so easy to hit save, to hit capture, to hit download. Uh, to hit import or whatever it is, it takes virtually no effort, but then retrieving it, reviewing it, reflecting it takes effort. And so the way that I teach uh, knowledge management is really to think about the digital content you're saving as support material for your projects and goals. This is the big distinction, is instead of just saving stuff to save stuff, you know, like hoarding, like the digital equivalent of hoarding, I really start by having people identify what exactly are you trying to accomplish or create or produce in your work and your life, and then create folders, categories for each of those projects and goals, and then only save content, the minimal amount of content that you need to move those projects and goals forward. Okay, so I'm going to use myself as an example. I I love to have a a journal. It's tactile. I like to write. I take a lot of notes, which is why I'm incredibly interested in what you're teaching me here in real time. But it's it's inevitable that that beautiful journal that looks very attractive, it's impossible for me to go back and remember what I wrote or dog-ear that page or highlight that. So it's this archival bit that I don't really use. Yes. So a couple of things. Journaling, journaling is kind of an interesting practice because with journaling, so much of the value is actually right in the moment of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, it, yeah. There's like a psychological relief of, of just externalizing those thoughts, you know, outside of your head. Um, and so what I would say is you don't even necessarily need to capture everything digitally. You know, in the past I used to, I would kind of uh, very comprehensively take, I mean, you can, you can have a, a notes app on your phone, which often has a camera feature and then just take a photo of, of pages. But then I just found, you know, I don't, I, I don't really care what I was thinking about some, you know, personal situation two years ago. That's not really, that's not really worth the effort to digitally process and digitally review and do all that stuff. And so what I started doing is just in the midst of say journaling or note taking in general, just the points that I needed right? The idea for how to move that project forward, an idea for, you know, a collaboration that I wanted to reach out to someone about just the, the maybe 5% or 10% that is actionable. That's the key word that actually has an action associated with it. That is the stuff that I want to actually either take a photo of or, you know, copy and paste into my, into my software. So you're doing this beautiful editing, winnowing down to what really has momentum moving forward. That is, that's a beautiful encapsulation. It's like in the paper world, you know, paper note-taking is difficult. There, you have to find a pen and paper. You have to write it down, remember where you kept it. With 
the paper world, there's never enough information. You're always trying to find more information and, and write it down somewhere. But in the digital world, it's the opposite. The problem is too much. It's yeah. too much. All The fire hose is on 24-7. And so paradoxically, all the practices, most of the practices that I teach are about how to reduce the number of notes, not increase them. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Less is more. So I, I pulled this this great uh, data point from your book that I want to share with our audience. You write that research from Microsoft says that the average employee spends 76 hours a year looking for misplaced notes. And while I laughed out loud, absolutely, I can relate to that. But I think, ooh, th that's inefficiency. Oh, absolutely. I, th I would say that's an underestimation, if anything. Uh, we we waste in just incredible amounts of time, and it's always funny to me because people say I don't have time for this. I don't have time to organize, you know, my my files, my content, my digital world. Meanwhile, as you read, they're spending, you know, the equivalent of two weeks out of each year, basically yeah. their vacation, looking for files. Not to mention twenty five to thirty percent of their day in email. Not to mention, uh, you know, fifty hours per, I think it's per year on Instagram is the average Instagram user. I mean, the time we have the time, it's just, <laughs> it's not a question of not enough time. It's how we're using the time. Yeah. It's priority. Exactly. Tiago, we're going to continue this fascinating conversation after a quick break. Hello there. It's Caroline Dowd Higgins. I know that hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who can customize content to meet your goals and someone who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Meeting planners around the world have recognized me for being easy to work with and uniquely suited to create dynamic programming for your needs. My style is high energy and engaging with practical takeaways that participants can implement in their lives and careers immediately. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create healthy workplace cultures, or prevent burnout in your organization, I create customized content to help recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. From the boardroom to the training room or the convention hall, I will help your audience thrive. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Okay, you opened up the can of worms. What about email? It's the bane of our existence in some cases where we have e email overwhelm every day. Is there a way to use your second brain to navigate email? There is, yes. E email, I'd say, is kind of the most important source of information to talk about because it's just so prolific. It's it's kind of the main entry point. And actually one of the one of my earliest pieces of content and still the most popular is a guide to how to use these these apps uh, to maintain inbox zero. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of summarize it for you very briefly. It's basically the, the problem is we've begun to use email for way too many things. Right, email is just a simple messaging platform. But when I see how people work, they use it as a contact list, as a note-taking system, as a to-do list, as a project management system. Right, it, it's become this Frankenstein kind of you know organism trying to do all these different things when it was never designed for that. 
And so what I advise people to, to do is strip out all of that functionality of emails, don't, of email. Don't use it for any of those functions except receiving messages. As you review your messages, send them to one of just three places. It either goes in your task manager, which is like a digital to-do list. It either goes in your digital notes, which is all the content and you know reference material that you may want to save. Or if it doesn't go into one of those categories, it can go into what's called a read later app. Uh, examples are like Pocket or Instapaper, which is sort of like a, it's like a digital reading list. It's a place you save all the content you want to read or watch or listen to so that you're not, basically the purpose of all this is to not live in your email inbox, right? Because the email inbox is the only place that anyone in the world who has your email address can add something to your plate at any time. So why would you use that as your to-do list? It's, it's everyone else's to-do list, really. Uh, and so that's that's kind of my approach to offloading some of the functionality of email onto other more specialized apps. I appreciate that in so many ways, but in particular to say, look, this is my private space. You can't add to my plate here, you know, beyond email. This is I control this, and that's that's very liberating. Yes. So, Tiago, walk me through. You've got a four step process that you call Code. So tell us about that acronym and and how this process works. Yes, code is my four-part methodology. It's the heart of what I do. It's the it's the it's the soul of my of my kind of approach to all this. And what it does is it ensures, as as I was saying, that your second brain is not a just a storage system where you know information goes to die, but it's a production system. It is a place where things get done. It's a place where you put information that actually goes on to have some impact or make some difference to someone or something that matters to you. So basically, it's a flow. It's a workflow. The C in code stands for capture. The information has to be saved, documented in some place outside your head, some trusted place. But that's not all. That's just the first step. The O in code stands for organize. You have to add some kind of structure, some kind of prioritization uh, and, and categories to that information. Otherwise, it's just going to be overwhelming. But then again, that's just the second step. The D stands for distill. This is the one that most people most often miss. You have to summarize it. You have to highlight or boil down the essence, the key points, the takeaways, so that you can put them to use. And then the E in code is, is really the, the purpose and the point of all this. Why build a second brain? I think it's to express yourself. So much of modern knowledge work and just life is communication. It's telling stories, presenting points of view. It's you know, presenting data and evidence, it's persuading people, it's, um, you know, coaching them, managing them, all that is communication. You can communicate so much more compellingly, so much more effectively if you have supporting material, you have evidence, you have stories, you have metaphors, you have examples. That, that is what your second brain is for. It's a communication support system. I love that. You know, we're, we both coach and speak out in the world and you're right. It, it enhances our message by, by having other resources that complement what we're talking about to that end. Uh, I I'm imagining the person and sometimes this person is me that is hungry for articles, podcasts, books, Ted talks, and, you know, taking in all this information, how do, how do I organize that? Walk me through that, maybe using the code acronym, because I get the theory, Tiago. I'm just thinking, okay, how do I put this in practice? So the practice? person you describe is exactly who this is perfect for. I would describe them as the voracious reader, 
you know, the lifelong learner. Uh, it's the kind of people who find learning fun. That learning is not just something you did back when you were, you know, a certain period of your life. It's something you do to enrich yourself. You do to expand your horizons. You do to, uh, you know, improve improve yourself. So what I would say is, if that's you, if in any sense that fits, you know, you fit that description, you're already intaking so much information. It's just following the steps of code. So first, write it down. It could be something as copying and pasting. It can be something as simple as having an app on your phone that allows you to take a photo of something. It can be, uh, it can be also on paper, right? It can be a, a leather-bound notebook that you keep with you. It can be a web clipper. It's a little app that lives in your browser that allows you to save content from the web. Um, there's actually a, a whole category, really, of what are called capture tools. Um, dozens of them, really. You just have to decide, what are you trying to capture? Is it quotes from audiobooks or podcasts? Is it highlights from eBooks? Is it excerpts from YouTube videos? I mean, pretty much no matter what you're consuming, there's some capture tool out there for you. Um, and then it's there's subsequent steps. So once you have all this content, you want to organize it. And when I say organize, I just mean create a folder for each one of your currently active projects, right? And we could even, you could probably identify those in just a few minutes. What are the speeches you're giving, the episodes you're recording, the client projects you're working on? Uh, most people don't have more than maybe a dozen maybe 12 to 15 at most, which kind of gives you this easy choice. You never have to choose between more than about 10 or 15 categories, uh, which is quite, you know, quite feasible. Uh, then you distill. So when you're getting ready to use that information, there's actually a use case. You want to just highlight. That's, that's all I mean by distill is just to highlight using either like a built-in highlighting feature, which just turns it yellow. Or if you don't have that, you can just bold it or underline it in, in the app. Uh, the, the things that you want to use, the, the examples you want to you want to put to use, the metaphors, the data points, what, whatever it is. Uh, and then finally, Express is kind of the most context dependent. It depends, right? Are you an artist or a musician? Are you a consultant? Are you an engineer? Your form of self-expression is, is going to be quite unique to you. Uh, and so you want to kind of keep that, that final expression in mind all the way back at the beginning when you decide what to keep in the first place. Okay, so the detail-oriented part of my brain is saying, yes, yes, this sounds amazing. Do you ever have a big fabulous fail moment where it just falls to pieces and doesn't work yeah, out? Yeah, in a way, it's it's things are always falling through the cracks. But you know what's funny is that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point, right? I mean, we, we consume, I, I cite the statistic in my book, that we consume the equivalent of 30 gigabytes every single day on average. So you want yeah. things to fall through the cracks. You want things to be forgotten. You want things to sort of fall by the wayside. And the advantage of that is the very small amount, you know, even the stuff that you very selectively curated inside your second brain, even that material, only a small percentage of it will be useful. So I say, let things fall by the wayside. Just look for the, the ideas, the pieces of knowledge that keep seeming useful again and again and again. Let those rise to the surface and focus maybe 80% of your attention on a small 20% of the ideas and the knowledge that truly is going to make a difference in your life. I find that really refreshing. Thank you, Tiago, because it, first of all, it humanizes this process. It makes it much more um, attainable, but, but also it, it helps us filter through what really matters. And yeah, some stuff is going to fall through the cracks. Absolutely. Let it fall. I mean, you're, you know, 
your happiness, your satisfaction, the the quality of your life, none of that hinges on any particular note. I mean, let's be real, right? Like your your, your life is not going to yeah, go off yeah. track if you lose any particular file or document or whatever. It's what's valuable is the sum total. It's the it's having a collection that is that exists at all that is valuable. It's not any one single kind of piece of information. So it sounds to me, help me understand if I'm on the right track, that we're really developing this this new muscle, if you will, this second brain. Uh, is there a way to maintain that? And, you know, something that we need to focus on to really just honor this new uh, habit, there is. if you will? There's just a couple things, you know, some some content creators and instructors on this topic, they advise me to, to sort of systematically go through all your notes reorganize them, annotate them, summarize them um, as a kind of, I don't know, weekly ritual. I'm really not a fan of that approach, uh, mostly because it's just too much. You know, I have content coming in from email, from the web, from newsletters, from podcast. I mean, for me to sit down every week and go through even a fraction of that would take hours. And so what I advise people to do instead is to just collect it and let it just sit there. The moment that you want to go in and start organizing and annotating and kind of putting it together, there's a very specific moment, which is the moment that you're getting ready to create something, the moment that you are starting a project, the moment that you're kicking off a client engagement. There's this little moment right when you're starting something where everything is possible, where you don't know what's going to happen. It's all up in the air. That is the perfect moment to dive into your second brain, into your notes, and just kind of immerse yourself in the soup of possibilities and examples and connections, that is the, the, the moment that your notes are going to make the biggest difference. And you should kind of preserve your effort until, until then. Okay. That was the aha moment. So thank you for synthesizing that because this is your tagline in the book. So the book is building a second brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. So that's the aha moment for me. This this uh, system really unlocks this creative potential to allow you to do exactly. more extraordinary exactly. work. Woohoo! We got it. <laughs> well done. That was so exciting to hear the culmination of that, Tiago. I'm really grateful for that because I, I really did. It just it just hit me that it's all about the creativity. It really is. Which is yeah, really is. awesome. All right. Well, listen, I learned so much from you today. Thank you for teaching me about how I can build a second brain system. And I want to mention your book again to our global audience. The title is called Building a Second Brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. And of course, it is available on Amazon and all major book retailers. Tiago Forte, thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.